live from where we do podcasts it's the best in remakes reboots and revivals and now your hosts nicole and rolando welcome to the fifth year that we are recapping the year in remakes reboots and revivals by doing our annual award show and can you believe we've been doing it for five years I cannot. I actually did not realize it was five years until you just mentioned it right before we started recording. Yeah, I did the math, and it took me a little bit because I suck at math. But we've been doing this since 2019, before the pandemic. We had Lincoln mm. in person do our little intro So when we did the Watchmen episode, oh. which was about five <laughs> years ago. And you know they just took off the Watchmen from HBO Max? So you can't even watch it, huh? Which is such a shame. It's just, the show was so good. It was a good show. I mean, we've been raving about that show. We raved about it five years ago, and I still to this day say check it out. So mm-hmm. now you can't. And if you miss a chance, you miss a chance. My guess is that they're going to stream it somewhere else because Warner Brothers has been licensing a lot of their content to other streamers. Mm. Doing the method, which is smart, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. They've like had the like... Sony, yeah, Sony's like the only big producer that doesn't have like their own streaming service. Mm. This is true. Warner Brothers has somewhat of a had somewhat of a good year, but they shelved like Batgirl and other stuff. So I don't know. They probably yeah. need the finances. But anyway, as always, we are joined with Eddie Z, who will be joining us in naming his e uh, winners for these awards. Yeah, we've never heard from Eddie Z, but he's officially a host now. So, yay! Oh, you know what I just realized? We have to update <laughs> our, our our picture. Not, not just our picture, but like our, uh, you know, it's like hosted by Nicole and Rolando. Like, I guess that we have to put Eddie Z. You know, we've been doing this for five years. Some things just become habits. I suppose, yeah. It's we'll nothing, it. truly nothing personal. We will do that for the new year, for 2024. Um, if you haven't listened to a couple of episodes, just a couple <laughs> of things that you should know when you go into the new year of 2024. This will be a bi-weekly podcast, so we will be releasing every other week, every two weeks, and instead of the Fridays that we've been doing, we're going to try and do it on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So expect an episode, not the first week of January, but the second week. And that's actually going to be a good one. And that is going to be one that we're not going to cover in today's episode. It's technically going to qualify for next year's Best of Award Show, which is, of course, the color purple. Right. Yes. Instead of Wonka. Instead of Wonka, which we might bring up in one of the categories today. So, you know what? We're talking a lot about it. Why don't we just get right into it? The way that we do it is that we announce the, all the films that we covered and all the television shows that we covered. So, you know, the properties that we're dealing with. And every single one of those are pretty much up for the contender in all of our different award categories. And we have about 10 award categories. So we have a lot to get through. So without further ado, here is everything that is... Up for nomination for films. And kicking things off, we have Matilda. Then we have Avatar Way of Water. All Quiet on the Western Front. The Little Mermaid. The Flash. Indiana Jones. Barbie. Haunted Mansion. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Evil Dead Rise. Peter Pan and Wendy. Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Amongst Thieves. T2 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. The Exorcist, Believer. The Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Good Burger 2. And everything up for nomination in the television category is Velma. That 90s show. Willow. History of the World Part 2. Night Court. Party Down. Grease. Rise of the Pink Ladies. Fatal Attraction. Dead Ringers. Futurama. Fall of the House of Usher. One Piece. Frasier. And last but not least, Scott Pilgrim takes off. All right. So, like we said, everything that we named there is up for nomination, essentially, when it comes to these categories. The first category is going to be more for television shows, which is the best binge. So what was our favorite slash best show to binge of 2023? Does anyone want to volunteer going first? Uh, actually, I think, uh, yeah, I'd happily volunteer. Okay. You take it away, Rolando. I'm going to go. So my favorite binge of 2023 of the shows that we covered was easily Fall of the House of Usher. Like, without without even, like, Eddie. No, nah, it was there, no competition. Yeah, Fall of the House of Usher beat that one. I'm going to have to agree with you. In terms of binging, in terms of I can't stop watching what happens next and just wanting to like go through it at a rapid pace, mm-hmm. I would agree that Fall of the House of Usher, I completed that in maybe a, two days, not mm-hmm. even. I was yeah. just in it. And, you know, if 10-hour movies were a thing, that would be it. And it would actually not be, you know, horrible to sit through mm-hmm. and watch a 10-hour movie if that was it. So Yeah, I mean, some people do. Sit yeah. through those like ten hour, ten episodes and stuff. Uh, Eddie, what's your pick? Refresh my memory. Fall of the House of Usher's was released the, all at the same time. Yes, they were all mm-hmm. at the same okay. time. They were dropped at the same time. Okay. I mean, yeah. So even though like some of these shows were week by week, were they still something that you would binge basically? Yes. When we think of this category, because even though it wasn't like a, even though Fall of the House of Usher by leaps and bounds beat everyone in my opinion <laughs> a close second for me would be Frasier I think Frasier if it was all out I would have binged it because it had a solid after those first two episodes it was just on solid foundation and stuff and it, it got better each episode yeah truly kind of surprised that you didn't go with Frasier just because I know that you walked away really really liking that show but oh, maybe yeah, it might yeah, no. win another but, category coming Yeah, up. no Follow the House of Usher for sure was, uh, was the best thing to binge this season uh, Frasier would have been my second pick. Um, mm. So it had it not been for Follow the House of Usher. Eddie, did you pick one? Which yeah, one? Uh, one Piece. For oh, for yours was One Piece. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was going to be unanimous. Uh, no, I, I mean, I I, I want to say Follow the House of Usher, but really One Piece made me really happy. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. Hmm. It, was a, it was a very enjoyable watch. That's when I missed. I was not there for that episode, so I cannot add much to this commentary. Mm. But I know this was something that we talked about for a while, and Eddie really, really wanted to do. Um, this was like a passion episode for him. Yeah, so I'm glad that it delivered. It did. It did. Awesome. All right, cool. So the next category then is going to be one that is more movie focused. And this one is the best reason to go to the theaters again. Because if you don't remember for some reason, or maybe you don't know, a couple years ago, there was a pandemic and we couldn't go to the movies <laughs> for like two mm-hmm. years. 
And that whole relationship that we have with going to the movies has completely changed. A lot of times people just want to wait until it becomes available on streaming. But we think that these movies or the one that we pick is actually the reason why you don't want to wait for it to come home on streaming. You actually want to go to the theater, see Mm -hmm. it big, see it with a room full of people, have that whole experience. So, yeah. What do you guys have for best reason to go to the theater again? Eddie, we'll start with you. What was your best reason to go to the movie theaters again? Uh, Barbie. Okay. Yeah, Barbie, for me. really excited. Uh, so excited to, and I really wanted to, I really wanted, that was one of those movies that I really wanted to see where, when it, the first weekend it came out, mm-hmm. I really wanted to share that whole experience with other people. Yep. A million. And percent. I usually like, I'll usually wait. But this one was like, oh, yeah, I want to see this. I want to see it with, uh, with people. Yeah, you want to see it with people? You want to be dressed up in pink? Yes, I think that was excited about it. It was like, just something up. so much fun yeah. for that. For like two weekends in a row, like people were just dressing up to go see this movie. And it was it's so true. fun. Yeah. So for me, it was also Barbie. That was an experience. And I complained about it when we recorded the episode. But the fact that Barbie wasn't shot on IMAX when they built all those sets is a travesty. Because that movie deserved to be on IMAX. Less so than... Than Oppenheimer, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to agree once again with everybody. Well, last one wasn't unanimous. So this one will be unanimous because of the fact that Barbenheimer was just a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on board for it. It was something that, like, if you didn't do it, you were out of the loop. You missed out on a shared experience that so mm-hmm. many people had. And stuff like that. Like, it, it kind of saved movies this year in terms of going to the theater. So, like... This awareness category is pretty much like there is no competition. It last is year, hands out for Barbie. Yeah, last year the winner was what like Top Gun, right? Yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, and that was like also one of like the big uh, saviors of the film. That was the highest year, grossing also, right? movie of last year. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, consistently, it's you know these two movies have been the last two years that we picked it because this is a new category that we invented last year. Yeah, has is uh. They've been like the top selling movies. And there's a reason people go back to see them over and over again. They're like experiences. Absolutely. They're like, you know. Absolutely. I um, thought for you it would have been Avatar. Yeah. So I think that Avatar, as great as it was, and and I think we had a really good conversation. That was one that you weren't there for, Rolando. I um, also haven't seen it, nor will I. But I don't think that the hype was it, the experience and the shared experience and like everyone just being so excited to be in the theater was so present for Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I thought would be like a good competition would actually be like either Super Barbie or there's a Little Mermaid because it was more so about the energy in the room. Mm-hmm. And the energy in the room wasn't quite there for Avatar Way of Water. I think that it's more technically like fits the category. Like you got to mm-hmm. see this IMAX big screen 3D, but nothing can compare to like all the little girls, you know, reacting the way that they did to The mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, you know. And mm-hmm. little boys. And the little boys. And the little boys little and stuff. In my particular theater, I heard a lot of little girls and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. No, you thought wrong. Okay, next award is <laughs> Best Legacy Sequel. And this is in both films and shows. It's pretty much something that we thought was dead. But it has been revived, hence the revival part of our title, and it carries on the legacy of what it has revived in a really, really great, beautiful, surprising way. Um, I think I know Rolando's, and I wonder if he thinks he knows mine, and you guys went first for the other two categories, so I'm going to go first in this, but do you want to guess what mine is? I'm going to guess 
that for you it is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off? No, actually, for me, surprisingly enough, in terms of this category, I think that I'm going to give it to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Really? Interesting. Okay. Because the way that the movie kind of ends and the way that they try and tie up his whole story nearly Mm -hmm. becomes like the perfect conclusion for this character. And also, Harrison Ford's still alive and he's still actually... (laughs) Surprise, he's still alive, but and he's still kicking ass. He could still do yeah. it. He can still, like, my movie theater was sold out. I think most of us had a pretty good time. It wasn't by any means the greatest movie of the year. No, yeah, no. I. It's not, like, the movie has gotten some hate, like, on the internet. Like, oh, these movies, they, they pale compared to the original one. But it's just like, yeah, but, like, if you take it away from the original one, right, and compare yeah. it to what it's out, what's out now and other movies that exactly. are, like, sequels. This is still a superior movie. I think it's a superior movie only because of the actress, Phoebe something? Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think. Something like I that. mean, she stole the show. She, I just became so enamored with her. And it made me, you know, follow up with like, her other show, uh, Fleabag. And I'm just like, this woman is pure talent, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, like what you said, how people were just like kind of trashing it and comparing it unfavorably to the original. That is... Just like, of course, if you're going to compare it to something that is so beloved of your childhood that you've grown up to something completely new, it's never going to quite hold the candle to it. But I actually think people have kind of underestimated this movie. Like I said, it's not perfect. But in terms of being like in the legacy of Indiana Jones and the way that they tried to like take this character and put him in this new way, I got to hand it to it. So I'm going to say that for best legacy sequel. Mm -hmm. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm going to go with this one is the one that I will give to Frasier. I yes. Frasier was a wonderful legacy sequel. Uh, again, started off really rocky where I was like quickly losing kind of hope because that first episode was abysmal. If I if all the episodes were that quality, I would have given up after three, right? <laughs> but the fact that like by third episode, they kind of started finding their footing and uh, even the actor who plays his son like improved significantly i don't know if they figured out his character more or if he just started figuring out like how to act on like a multi-cam sitcom but like overall by Mm. the end of the season it was it was a nice little story that they told and stuff and uh i I found myself really 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 liking it and stuff so i frazier for sure is uh is my pick for favorite legacy sequel eddie what say you I say Evil Dead Rise. Oh, okay. Um, I was always a big fan as a kid of the Evil Dead franchise, um, even when it got stupid comical. <laughs> but um, I just, I just felt like this was very. Um, this was just a good movie about just like that, that kind of horror that you just can't defeat almost. You know, mm-hmm. you can run away, and but it's that horror that really, um, really does so much damage, and um, it's gruesome, and it is gory, and it's you know that that body horror that, that mm-hmm. has just enough that I can take it. I'm not a big fan of body horror, but um, it did have enough, uh, just the right amount uh, yeah. for me. And the, f- the fact that it was about a, just a family just kind of being torn asunder. Mm-hmm. To, to this whole experience. And not just about family. I feel like it was a, 
a good chunk of it was about motherhood, right? Like, mm. it was... Because uh, if I remember correctly, the main character who survives, his sister, she had just had a miscarriage, right? Or was it she found that she was pregnant? No, I think she had just found... I think she had miscarried. I she have an ab- think so. She I have can't an abortion. Remember. I can't recall, to be it honest. It was something along those lines. She, or maybe she did find out that she was pregnant. And, like, now... <laughs> she was not planning to keep the baby. That's what it was. I think you're right, yeah. And now there's this whole thing where she's left taking care of these three children, you know, because the mom was the first to be infected. It was a good movie. It was, I thought it was an enjoyable film. Like I was surprised how much I came out enjoying that film. Uh, yeah, no, uh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. So this next award, we might need some explaining and it's the redemption award. Rolando, you want to maybe explain what the redemption award is? Yeah. So the redemption award goes to a remake, reboot or revival that improves or redeems the pre-make i took that from ted lasso i love that word pre-make <laughs> uh it, so basically it is uh, a remake a reboot or revival that improves upon the original source and redeems it so maybe the original one wasn't good and now the new version is elevated somehow some way and improves upon it that is the redemption it has been redeemed Wow, this one's really, really tough because as I look upon our list in the Google Doc, I don't think anything is that much more of an improvement. Oh, really? Oh, uh, whoa. All right, so yeah. Many. All right, so then I want to hear what you guys have to say before I pick mine. I want to let Eddie go first because I think I know what Eddie's going to pick. Uh-huh. And wait, do you want me to say? No, I'll you say You want it. me to guess? I'll say it. Can I say my guess? Oh. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> he doesn't care. Uh, so, uh, something that has improved on the source, original source, has been Dungeons and Dragons yeah. Honor Among Thieves. That was a. V- I came so in good. with no expectations. That movie was so fun to watch. It it really felt like like a D and D story. Definitely felt like what, what it was saying. You know, it had that had all the elements from a D. You know, a guy who plays D and D. I'm a big geek when it comes to stuff like that. But um, so it, it it did all the check, check all those boxes, and it was really funny, mm-hmm. and it had heart, mm-hmm. and all in all, it had a a decent plot, mm-hmm. a decent plot. You followed it. You were kind of rooting for them, and uh, I was uh, I was drawn in, and I was like, you know what? I could see another movie about these guys. Yeah. The only flaw in the movie, to be quite honest, was how one dimensional the bad guy became. Not, not like not the. I'm talking about the sorceress. Not, I forgot the act. Hugh Jack, Hugh, not Hugh Jackman. Hugh <laughs> Grant. Grant. Hugh Grant. Mm, mm-hmm. Hugh Grant's character. So good. Yeah. So good. Like so good. So Stole good. the show as like a villain. Uh, but like the sort, like the big big bad was kind of like too one dimensional for me. But other than that, great movie. I I think that was like what, that movie had no reason to be as good as it was. Like the fight sequences were like well. Uh, uh, choreographed. It was just a fun, fun watch. So good. That's a good pick. That's who I thought you were going to pick. Nice. Well, Nicole. what do you pick? Oh, okay. All right. So I actually do think that there's one film um, in particular that really is better than the original. And that's Haunted Mansion. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's a fair, fair pick. Go on. When this movie came out, it bombed. I don't know if it's caught on at all or if people have watched this movie um, because Disney released it in like August when this is a movie about Halloween and they just had no faith in it. So people didn't really see this movie, but if you've seen the Eddie Murphy one, 
Maybe that's why you didn't see the new one, because you were like, that first one was just so stupid and pointless and not very good. This new one is very surprising. It has a lot of heart and it has depth to the characters and is able to make a silly assignment about take this right about, you know, grim grinning ghosts and make like a real movie out of it. Mm-hmm. And they do that. And it's actually funny. It's heartwarming. It's all in all was just the biggest surprise, I think, of the year for me, which I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I didn't hate that. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, in terms of that redeems Haunted Mansion, absolutely mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. No, uh, Haunted Mansion was, a, again, that was another, we had a string of these, right? Where she's like, oh, this is shockingly good. <laughs> like, yeah. We went yeah. in there, like, kind of fighting to the name. I did. I did not want to cover it. It's just like, all right. But it, it was, so, I thought it was so enjoyable. And no one believes me when I tell them. It's just like, no, check it out. It's not bad. It's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's actually Matilda. You don't I like think, the Danny DeVito one, huh? I do. Oh, I love it. I, I think it's so endearing. But the musical one, I found myself just so moved by the story and like the performances and not less so the music, but I think overall it was so so good. And the trunch played by Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> Emma Thompson. <laughs> uh, I, it was just such a good film that it, it it's so different from the original one that I grew up with. Yeah. But in such a good way that it's just like, oh yeah, no, like this was like such a great improvement from from its uh from the source. Not an improvement's the wrong word. It's just so different, but it was orchestrated so well that it just shines. And so I, I truly, I, I love Matilda. I, I've been telling people, that's another one that I've been like kind of singing the praises for. It's just like, yo, watch Matilda. It's so good. It is, yeah. And next year we're going to begin actually with a musical film adaptation remake. You know, so we're going to keep mm-hmm. that tradition live and well with the color think, purple and stuff. We have two in January coming up. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's yeah. right. We do. I forgot yeah. about that one. That will be our second episode. Uh, tune in to find out what we're talking about. Matilda, though, was great. Absolutely. I, w- mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know if I would give it the Redemption Award, but I love everything that you said. So Yeah, and maybe the Redemption is the wrong one, but like it was because like the Redemption would imp- imply that the original wasn't good, but mm. it's so good in itself that it's just like, yeah, no, it's it totally... You know what it is? Maybe because... Matilda's one of those properties that you're just like, well, do we need a new Matilda? And then you watch him just like, oh, I guess we did. It's so good. That's yeah. why. No, they took it in a really good direction. They did a great job. Mm-hmm. All right, our next category is Yes, Queen. Favorite queer moment. Mm. Yeah. You know, when I look at this list and I think of queer moments, I actually think a lot of women moments pop out. Yeah, there were a lot of lesbian moments. Yeah, which was like, exciting for me but at the same time when i think about them some of them aren't that great like <laughs> like the story in the fall of the house of usher <laughs> between the two women not that great i mean um, any of the queer relationships didn't really end in a very healthy way in fall right. of the house of usher uh i do also remember uh dead ringers where yeah, that- these toxic uh queer twins essentially because they were mm-hmm. um Peter Pan and Wendy was one with women, and yet they never flat out said, you know, they just added all this sexual tension between... Between Tiger Lily and Wendy. Yeah, yes. No, they were... That was... They 
Disney, I'm still on that one. Disney copped out. Like Disney, they did, they copped Disney, out. Uh, Disney was just like, oh shit, with all this don't say gay shit, like we need to like mm-hmm. edit, re-edit this because like the longing looks that these two had with each other, just like these, they were lesbians. Absolutely, they were. Like, come on. So that's biggest cop out award goes to you for that, Disney. True. So I'm focusing a lot on television here because I'm I'm somewhere in between. Like, I want to give recognition to the characters in the Grease Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies. I never mm-hmm. finished that show, and that show just also. Did not succeed. No. But it was interesting, and I like what they were going for. But I'm going to say that... Oh, this is tough. I gotta talk it out loud. It's between Velma and Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Mm-hmm. I think making... Kind of like giving us all... Well, at least the queer kids who wanted it. Giving us all what we wanted between like Velma and Daphne was exciting to see. So that's a definitely a favorite queer moment. But then my other one would be Scott Pilgrim takes off when I think the character of Roxy actually gets redeemed within like the first couple episodes. When Ramona actually treats her like a human being and doesn't shit on their relationship mm-hmm. and actually looks at her and says, I hurt you. And I was figuring myself out. And that was not fair. Instead of denying the fact that she actually had a real relationship and denying her own, you know, queerness. Like in the movie. Yeah. Like in the movie. Yes, that is yeah, so I don't know. It's somewhere in between a tie. I'm going to have to give it to them both. Yeah, I don't really have necessarily a winner for this because I don't think there were, I didn't think, I don't think there was that many like big queer like, ah, those are good moments. You know what I mean? Like last year we had a lot to choose from. This year, a lot yeah. less and stuff. Because like even Fatal Attraction, not Fatal Attraction, even uh, Dead Ringers, like you're right. It was like a toxic relationship and we know how it ends. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. So it's not like, uh, not necessarily a positive one. And I'm looking at the rest of them, just like I don't think there were outside of Velma. I don't think there were any other. Like yeah, we had some bisexual representation to follow House of Usher, but everyone there was a piece of shit. So like, you know, again, like, and there yeah. were no, there were no queers in Frasier. Yeah, you might be right. I think Scott Pilgrim takes off like uh, Ramona versus. Uh, the other, the other chick, uh, Roxy. Yeah, Roxy. Like I think you're right. Like I think because that gave some uh, closure to that storyline that we did not get in the film. In the film, it was so dismissive of this girl's feelings that it was like kind of just borderline cruel. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. it was absolutely. Um, Eddie, do you have one? No. Um, I'm looking. We just going through the list, and I, nothing jumps out at me as something that would be noteworthy. For this category yeah yeah well that, that i was invested nothing there was nothing here that i was that had queer representation that i was invested in mm, so. true other than the fall of the house of usher but that wasn't like at the forefront of it i feel like. right they were just like which is fine like there's nothing wrong with just having queer characters that exist in the universe i think that's yeah. actually some on yeah. that's borderline healthier yeah no absolutely stink about yeah. them being i agree uh, with that for sure um you know last year i don't know why it's not on the list now but we actually had an award that was mi gente favorite latinx moment i took it out because i was just like were they ready really you can't think of one can you you know who yeah. I thought of for that? I could think of one. I thought of America Ferrara's character in Barbie. Yes, mm. definitely. Oh, you're right. Definitely. Also, okay. category best best monologue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that her role in that movie, um, 
There were a lot of parts of that movie that sometimes I'm like, why was Will Ferrell there and what did he add? What did he add? Oh, uh, Will Ferrell was the, the worst Barbies. part of that film. Yeah. But, but her part in that movie is being like the stand-in for every person watching that movie who played with Barbies and who kind of grew up feeling a little bit jaded about the real like realities of of life and how it gets you down and and then adding gender expectations and all of those things into there and you know what these toys were supposed to mean and then how they how our relationships with them changed everything like that like that was really special but it was even more special when i was like oh i feel represented by her at the Mm -hmm, same time mm -hmm. if that makes sense so i felt very seen by that character um and that's always important (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you know what? The Mi Gente Award is back in play, and I guess I I agree with you. It would go to America Ferrera's role in Barbie. Yeah. For me, also, I had taken off because I was just like I, I don't remember like there were no big Latinx moments in uh, in in twenty twenty three. But you corrected oh. me. So. Uh. All right. So not I wouldn't say Latinx moments, but the the main um, character in One Piece played. Uh, by a Mexican actor. Oh, that's right. So I, I forgot that is. Uh, I thought uh, he was Brazilian, but no, the character is Brazilian. He's himself is Mexican. Yeah, Mexican. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good call. So good that was call. just kind of exciting because once again, it's like it wasn't similar to what they did with uh, with um, what was it? Andor. 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 Yeah, in in uh, a Star Wars story. Yeah, they didn't phase out the accent. Mm. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, so yeah, they kept it's it like, like it, you, you, you know, whether it's an anime or something about you know something a live action anime to a Star Wars story, mm. you know, something about hearing your your people's accent, yes, among them, and ha- and not being labeled as other, other, yeah, yeah, so, yeah absolutely. good point too. So that was a, that was that was pretty exciting for me. When it came to One Piece. Okay. All right. Fine. So the Mijente Award lives on. That's good. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. Don't don't take away our awards from us, Rolando. <laughs> I do. <did. I> <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So moving on. Now, this is for everyone. This is Movies and Shows. And this is what we say are the best performances by uh, male and females in all of these properties, male um, movies and television. So the first one is Best actor in a remake reboot or revival does anyone have anything that comes immediately to mind that they want to say wins the award for best actor in a remake reboot or revival yes for me the actor that comes to mind is will ferrell in barbie you're joking i'm absolutely joking thank you no way (laughs) would he uh, marry that. No, if I had to give one to a best actor, it might be Chris Pine in Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves. I think he did so well playing that bard. He was so charming, and he was so. At it's it was an interesting role because he could he had to be the face of the party. While at the same time, like giving everyone the opportunity to shine, and he was so good at that. Mm. And I think, uh, I think it was just, a, oh wait, you know what? Oh, he was good. I'm, I'm taking it back. I'm giving it to though to Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant as a villain in Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves because he just was so fun to watch on on screen. It's, Is it he was so conniving? 
Nice. Is it getting a sequel? Good, uh, nothing. I don't think it's been confirmed. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't it know did not it did. do as well as they wanted to do in the theaters, despite strong, like, critical acclaim. I see. Okay. And it wasn't as big of a box office draw. But they were also kind of reeling in from some, like, Wizards of the Coast drama with, like, the community. So some players were actually, like, boycotting the film. Oh, boy. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Eddie, do you have one? I'm sorry. What was the category again? Best Actor. Best Actor. Best Actor. All right. I, I was actually looking up on who, uh, but I an- another Latina that caught my attention was Supergirl. Actor. Male. Wait, wait. Hold on. Oh. I'm talking about the... <laughs> I'm sorry. The category we just went by. Mi gente. The one mi gente. But I just want to do a shout out for for uh supergirl in the flash that's right she was played. she's colombian and i just think that was a big deal yeah fair enough um best actor best <laughs> pops out. who pops out well while Eddie's looking over the list, Nicole, I have one. Actor? Yes, so mine is very much in terms of just the legacy of this character and the way that this man has played this character. And I'm going to give it to Kelsey Grammer for Frasier. Mm. Yeah, I considered it too, but I, he's MAGA apparently, so I'm just like, nah. Like, I'll watch the show, but I'm. Not. <laughs> well, we spent the, just the whole episode just talking about how good he is in that role and how it's like what he's known for, but how happy people are to see him back in that role. Because at the end of the day, if you're good at something, might as well just keep doing it, right? No, um, he, he was. Yeah, like I, I politics aside, he was he was great in that role, and he was. Yeah, uh, and he again, there's same like just like John Larroquette in Night Court. Some people still have it. And John yeah. on Night Court is a great example. Like he came back in the role and just shines. Like yes. he's running circles around everybody else, as was uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer on on Frasier, right? So, and that's you know they they know the craft. They've been doing it for X amount of years, right? So that yeah, absolutely. He just it's like putting on an old glove. I mean, he fits into it perfectly, and mm-hmm. it's like wow, you haven't. It almost feels like he hasn't aged a day with this character, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to maybe others who go into a character after a long time. So definitely got to go to Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. You got it, Eddie? Eddie? Yeah, I got it. I got it. What do you got? Uh, I want to say Mark Hamill. Oh. Mark Hamill as Arthur Prim in The Fall of the House of Ushers. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. That's a good. That's a interesting choice. It's a little out I there, did. but he, I, he was good. He was just good. I just um, he he really made he you know so, you know when you get stuck in a, on on a, on a, on an actor who had played such a pertinent role in your youth, you know, as Luke <laughs> yeah. Skywalker, and then you guys see him like be so diverse and so like creepy sometimes, or just like like threatening in his like the law being a lawyer and you know being powerful and what he does and scheming so he really he was just a really good character mm-hmm. yeah that played it well and he's had a well, really good career you know even though he's always going to be luke skywalker he's been able to like hold this longevity to his career 
doing like these supporting voice roles acting. and really like disappearing into it. Yeah, his his obviously his voice acting too is mm-hmm. a big part of that. So yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Good pick. Uh, I will give an honorable mention on my part to Michael Keaton as B- Batman mm, in, the Flash in the Flash because that movie was. Yeah, let's be real. It wasn't good. It wasn't. I don't think it was bad, but it wasn't good by any means. But the best parts were Michael Keaton as Batman, seeing him in that costume again and seeing him just like you could see him having so much fun in the role again. And that helped, uh, you know, make that movie a little lighter than it was going for, for sure. So, yes, yes. Michael Keaton as Batman. Nice. Nice honorable mention. You know, that's like a memory come to life. So for Best Actress in a Remake, Reboot, or Revival, I'm going to go first for this one because I think that this is just... It was really impressive to do it. I heard a lot about how she did this role, um, which was Mm. probably really exhausting for her. I'm going to give it to Rachel Weisz for Dead Ringers because she played identical twins and she would shoot a scene with another actress and then she would go off, either put her hair up or down because it's really as simple as that, and do the scene over again as the other character... Mm-hmm. And yet, you could tell those two characters apart. They had really distinct qualities yeah. when it came to Elliot and Beverly. Um, and that's a really hard thing to pull off. Dead Ringers also limited series. It's not going to come back. It it was it told its story and really bizarre, just like the original David Cronenberg film that it was based on. But mm-hmm. super interesting. And she just gives a really 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 great performance um the honorable mention for me here will be carla gugino in fall of the house of usher hello yeah is that your pick eddie i mean that's the one i I was thinking about carla uh, go ahead you you go for it no um uh definitely um uh her playing the character verna (sighs) Verna. uh, my god i i there were moments where i was terrified and so intrigued i you know, like you know where it's going, right? Like you know, like each one will perish, you know, and drench in their own sins. But there was something—the mystery—that really in got me to watch one episode after another after another was discovering a little bit more about who she was. Yeah, know? yeah. And so th- that was what really—that just like unfolding of like the little bit of like, the. The tip of the iceberg of who this entity is was what really, uh, really made me love this show. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So my favorite actress is. Can I guess? Go. Is it Phoebe from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Because you just love her. I do, but no, it's then who I was going to give it. She might get an honorable mention. There was so I think women. This was a good year for. Women, like women, like female roles. I yes, think there was yes. a lot to choose from. I'm actually going to go with Margot Robbie as Barbie because that is an iconic character that she had to embody, and she did it. I think quite flawlessly. Mm. And then to consider, I think a lot of people. And one of the things I've been hearing now, as like we're entering award season, is that Ryan. Gosling. Not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Ryan Gosling stole focus, right? It became more so his story at the end. He became the antagonist. But but I don't think necessarily is that he was a stronger actor because Barbie had her own arc to go through and stuff. And I think Margot Robbie stuck, stuck that landing and stuff, right? 
which is actually I'm surprised that no one mentioned Ryan Gosling as like their favorite actor because I think he was stupendous in that film. Uh, but yeah, like I'm going with Margot Robbie. She was so she. I mean, hey, let's be real. She just flawless, right? In that in the in the outfits and everything, and she just looked the part. Uh, she was like every gay man's dreams, like the way she's just walking around in like these gorgeous outfits and stuff, and they're so fun. And uh, but I think she was just so lovely as she became more human, mm. right? I think it was, and there was that scene with her and like the little old lady, right? And just like her, like just like those tears of like you know happiness. Almost it was. It, she was great. She was yeah. lovely. I think she was uh, easily like my favorite actress. But I do have some honorable mentions. It's going oh. to be uh, Tiffany Haddish in The Haunted Mansion. Okay. I think, so, I think her deliveries were just so funny. And uh, the other actress is uh, Michelle Rodriguez in Dungeons and Dragons. Honorable mm. mentions. Okay. Uh, this is a character that easily could have been so one note. But she was able to give it some depth. And mm. it was a very, very subtle performance, but it was just a strong performance nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, because she she's a barbarian, right? Right? She's a barbarian fighter? That's what she was, Eddie? Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, barbarians are usually very one-note, but, like, she also had this maternal love for, the, for a character, and it was just so lovely. And... The platonic relationship between her and Chris Pine, I think, was another selling point for yes, me. Yes, that, that was giving me what I've been wanting from platonic relationships. Hollywood usually makes the two male-female characters end up together and, like, sexualize them. This was not the case. They were yeah. very much platonic. There was no sexual chemistry whatsoever. It was more of a brother-sister kind of love, and I love wow. that. Okay. Can we also give an honorable mention to Ellen Burstein for showing back up in The Exorcist, even though they did an awful job with her character? <laughs> Let's just give it to the fact that she came and did it because she's she's up there in years and she still did a great job despite the material given to her. Right. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. Right. They, did her, they did her so dirty. <laughs> yeah. And, and Lizzie Kaplan in Fatal Attraction was also pretty good performance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her. Yeah, I did, yeah I like Josh Jackson also. <laughs> yeah, he did good too. Um, yeah, I might actually up. continue watching that. We'll see. Okay, so now we're gonna go to the worst performance in a remake, re- remake, reboot, or revival because we can't help ourselves, and some of these performances truly were just awful. Yeah. I feel like I know what yours is, Rolando, but I, I want to. I want. Well, it's just because it's really recent, and I know how much you hate him. But I'm gonna say Keenan Thompson and Good Burger too. Oh, it is not though. Ah, okay. Good guess, though. I suppose. Um, maybe I. Maybe, yeah, I just don't, don't like them. But know like yours. You don't. Do you? Do you want to guess? Wait. Do you want me to just say who mine is in or no? Yeah, just say yours. So I'm going with Alexander Maloney. Peter Pan. So it's also yours. Yeah. All right. We can all agree. Me and Eddie aren't on this one. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. This kid may not acting might not be his calling. What have I don't know if it's I don't know. I hated that movie so much. And Peter Pan and Wendy. I didn't hate it. The movie had so much potential and it just squandered potential and everything like that. But I was just like. Or, uh, I was more disappointed than like take it. Peter Pan's name off, just make it Wendy. Yeah, no, and agree. Just focus on that, you know, like her, because at the end of the day, it's just like I felt like they had no chemistry mm-hmm. between them. Well, no, because the chemistry was, between Wendy and and Tiger Lily. 
you know there yeah was, there was none that and most of the time i was like just give him a good slap in the face already oh yeah no he was this so... child should not be a leader of anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> so... yeah wow i forgot about that good one guys you know i was gonna go with prince eric in the little mermaid because he's just gonna really do much for me but he's not who i went with i'm gonna go with everyone who participated in history of the world part two and if we had a worst legacy series award, it would go to that because that was just awful. That to me was the worst, one of the worst things we covered all year. I didn't laugh once. I didn't think anything was clever or I new. Have a heart of ice, you know. Yeah, no, I'm just so cold. If you're gonna like live on the legacy of Mel Brooks, then you should be funny. It was not funny, and That's nothing bad. that they said or or portrayed was unique and interesting. And even like, oh, it's not funny, but. That was an interesting comedic approach to it. No, it was mm. pointless. Yeah, no, I and it felt like everyone you. was phoning it in. So all of you who participated in that yeah, worst there were performances, women in there too, though. Yeah, all of them. Oh, you're saying that's right. This is a generic, like yeah, this is just anyone. Is, yeah. Anyone, so, <laughs> so you're just giving it to like everyone there. All right, fair. Yeah. That's fair. This is. They also, I think they were also like some of the writers. Yeah, well, shame on them. They just collected mm-hmm. a paycheck. I'm hope you know. I hope you built that indoor pool. Um, so (laughs) before we go to our awards for the best in television and best in film, we're going to do a quick in memoriam, uh, and we want to recognize the properties that we did not cover this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. we apologize. So some of the properties that I know come to mind is recently we decided to skip on Wonka. We did skip on Wonka. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, You will be missed from this episode list. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't want to cover it because it's a musical. Yeah. No, didn't want to do it. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. Uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, Ballad of Songbirds. Yeah, yeah so that one. I don't know. I would have been down to cover that one because the first Hunger Games, I think, is so terrible, but the second one is so good. But we would have only probably just covered the first Hunger Games, which I think is fair. Mm, so, yeah. I would have loved to rip apart that movie because that first movie is so cheap looking. It looks like a Hallmark movie, like a sci-fi original movie. I don't movie. think so. I yeah. think it was really good. The second one is where they had the budget to like actually do stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. I saw the first one once in theaters, so I, I wouldn't be able to say. Any others that come to mind, actually? Mm, there were a couple of things that we didn't cover, but... I can't think of ones. most. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> the two that come to mind... Uh, was Andor this season? Because we didn't cover that. Mm, does that qualify... Andor certainly qualifies because that's, I mean, it's technically a spin off, no, but like it's also like a, it's like a prequel to Rogue One. Andor is 2022. Oh, wow. That was so long ago. <laughs> Never mind. Mm. <laughs> I loved Andor. Uh, yeah. Sokka qualifies for sure, but we never covered that one. We were going to put you through that kind of torture, Nicole. Thank you. Thank Asaka? you. Asaka? Oh, Asaka, yeah. Asaka. Uh, that would have easily qualified, but we're not, we weren't going we're well, to do that. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. All right, so let's was, just... I did like it. You liked it? I'm glad you did. All right, let's just get right to it then. The best in television award out of all of the television shows. This was the one that you guys should watch. If any of them, you're like, I need one television show to watch. This, the ones we're going to reward. It's the one you got to watch, okay? That's what this is. So... Oh, that's a rough... It's a, to me, there's a clear winner, actually. So I'll go first. Because to me, the clear winner... I'm second guessing myself. You know what? The clear winner is the fall of the House of Usher. For me. Yeah. Um, Expand. I think that anything that Mike Flanagan does is worth watching. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's recently taken all of these different haunted house novels and stories that we know and making these limited series on Netflix. And every time he's adding something new and doing something interesting with it, mm-hmm. it's some of the most creative types of remaking going on. Um, mm-hmm. The way that he stays true to the original pieces, but then adds something new, something different and something unique. The way he's able to expand on things, but still with an ode to what he is to the original, especially in this mm-hmm. piece, the whole everything's such a love letter to Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And um, he's just a really, really great filmmaker where he takes the horror genre and he doesn't just show horrifying things. He does psychological horror. He does emotional horror. And it's very effective. And it's just well done. And I would highly recommend this to, to anyone who wants something well done creative interesting thought-provoking and entertaining at the end of the day yeah no i i agree with you a million percent he is i i think he's i think and i don't know if it's going to be a controversial statement but i think he's so much better than ryan murphy oh i completely agree (laughs) ryan murphy will always start with like a cool concept and then just derail Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where Mike Flanagan has shown time and time again that he will stick the landing. And he's always sticking to the landing that he was clearly thinking of from the get-go, right? Because I think even his weakest one, which is his his original one, Midnight Mass, yeah. that's been his original concept from the beginning, even that one, he <laughs> stuck to his guns. And I think it's still a worthwhile show to watch. It was, I think, a beautiful idea that he kind of explored uh, angels and, and vampires and stuff and it was a wonderful talent. So yeah, no, Mike Flanagan, he's no longer with Netflix, right? Like, he's going forward now with um, now he's with Amazon. Like, mm. Netflix contract is up, Amazon scooped him right up so we'll see what Amazon has in store because I don't know. Yeah, uh, I wonder if he'll just stop doing the hauntings. That was Netflix. Now he'll do something different. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, very intrigued but for his future. Okay, Eddie, do you have a best in television pick? Okay, I, I would. I'm gonna go with One Piece. Ooh, okay. It was, it was actually between One Piece or Frasier, because <gasps> it was so fun to rediscover Frasier. Um, and I, I just thought that this was the kind. This was, it's so fun to see like a story of him like having like a second life mm-hmm. in his career and his relationship with the son. Um, but I don't know. One Piece really grabbed me. I was just really that it, it's an endearing story. So okay, I'm gonna go with One Piece for me. The One Piece is a good is a good pick. I you know I watched that for the podcast too, and so I I found myself shocked at how you know that's the main Nicole. I don't know if you listened to the episode, but like the main theme was just like how why was this successful? Like why did the corniness for this show work? Because it was corny, mm-hmm. it was, and yet it. It worked like on a level that I just didn't think it should, and it's like mind-boggling. Interesting. Uh, I think it's quite the anomaly, but I think it's like it is shocking. It's like I think it's saccharine, in my opinion, but uh, it works. It just it does work. Similar to like Ted Lasso, which is something that me been watching. <laughs> like I think saccharine. Uh, I think Ted Lasso is so saccharine, but like it works. I don't know. Maybe, That's what people love about it, and I think maybe, yeah, I think people want that again people want I think, yeah, yeah I they're think tired of ironic cynical things yeah like we're post pandemic it would make sense that we would kind of start looking for more hopefulness and stuff right absolutely 
Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, so actually, it's so funny Eddie mentioned. I thought he was going to be picking between One Piece and Fall of the House of Usher. For me, it was Fall of the House of Usher or Frasier. I think I'm going to go with Frasier <laughs> because I think Fall of the House of Usher is spectacular, but Frasier is one of those shows that, like, surprised me at the end because of just how that relationship between him and his son that they're, like, kind of really unfolding it really by the end of the, those 10 episodes i'm really feeling like the original fraser again and it's making me so happy i was so bummed out it was only 10 episodes but you know we got to see Roz again bb uh newhart came back as uh, as lilith i want to see her more um and i hope that season two we get to see like niles or uh daphne or both of them right like i'd be mm. just so happy if just niles just came back like just to visit his son or something right even the son they figured out like stuff to do with him by the end of the season you know what i mean so yeah i think i would say fraser and because i love fraser the original show so much uh i think fraser for sure for me is like the one that's just like i'd follow the house of usher loved it but fraser there's something uh nostalgic about sitting for a sitcom and just laughing ah yes and, and, yes and you know i do I miss that so much, right? Because they don't make multicam sitcoms that much anymore. Oh, that's true. Okay. Oh, I love that nostalgia to it. Um, all right. Well, then that leaves us to our final award, which is the best in film. If you're going to watch any movie this year, this is the movie that you should watch. It's just overall the best film. Not even remake, reboot, or revival related. It's just a really good film. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Rolando? Man, this is a little difficult because I think we may all end up picking the same answers but I was wrong but TV we all pick something different so who knows yeah true uh, so I'm gonna go with The Flash <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're so funny thank you uh, no I'm gonna go with uh, I don't know because All Quiet on the Western Front was such a good movie mm. but like it's not a movie it is not my movie. Does that make sense? That I makes sense. What a wonderful movie this one, All Quiet on the Western Front, was. Because it was a beautiful film. Uh, but it's just not my film. It's Barbie. I'm going with Barbie. Like, uh, okay. It was the shiny colors. It was uh, the fashion. It was the silliness. It was the, you know, heartbreaking story of, like, how society fucks up both boys and girls. You know, and there was still hopeful at the end, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Barbie for me. Okay. Eddie, what about you? Uh, Matilda. Oh, you're going with Matilda. Interesting. I mean, Matilda was... uh, Matilda was was fantastic. Why Matilda? Uh, It it had had a very good range. Uh, And and I felt the character... I enjoyed the first, the, the original... Um, the Danny DeVito one. Um, so I came with this one with Hopeful. And um, I just, I love the characters. I loved, uh, I love also they kind of did um, give you, I guess for me, what I did pick up is a lot of like childhood trauma mm-hmm. in, in, in the main character. And that correlates to like her abilities too. So I found that very almost 
like Carrie a little bit. <laughs> um, so I, I just <laughs> felt that there was a, a, something a little bit more that this uh, that this movie uh, gave me. So, but I did enjoy it. Mm. Well, I agree with one of you for best film. You, I think you agree with Eddie. I'm going to go with Matilda. Do you agree with Eddie? I I'm going to go with Matilda because Matilda was great. I think yeah, like I think fair choices by by both of you guys. Thank you. So I just much know me for that. As, yeah. <laughs> uh, just know me and my sensitive uh, sensibilities, Barbie. But well, go on, I, Matilda, I'm going to say you? what you said, which is Barbie's just not for me. I think at the end of the day, because mm-hmm. I ended up just getting a little distracted about what I thought was the lack of the focus of what the story really was, mm. and so it took away my enjoyability enjoyability mm-hmm. at the end of the day and i just didn't walk away loving it matilda mm-hmm. surprised me uh mm-hmm. i i'm such a fan of that original film i wore that vhs out and yet this movie was able to make me feel nostalgic for my childhood and watching that movie and then add something new to it mm-hmm. i am a huge fan of musicals and it's really hard it's really hard to adapt musicals to films because a lot of times people just end up putting the stage on film and it's boring. You have to mm-hmm. adapt it. And I think this movie did an, a great job for adapting something that belongs on the stage in the cinematic landscape. I mm-hmm. think that the way that they chose to film the musical numbers, but also to weave it into the stories was very successful. I thought it was mm-hmm. very emotional. And um, I think that the way that they were able to take this story that you thought you were familiar with and expand on it with different characters and with songs and dances and everything just really overall worked. And I think out of all of the lists that I see here on the movie, it's the one that I have the most emotional reaction to. That for me is something that I use when I talk about like best ofs. And I also don't have most like, what's the film I don't have any problems with, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be Matilda. So Interesting. No, I mean, Matilda was great. I mean, the dance sequences were top notch. Like, especially yeah. that final dance sequence. Yeah, revolting like, children. Revolting children was just like that was, and that was just that's like a mix of camera work and dance. You know what I mean? So, and you don't. Yeah. That's been my biggest gripe with some of the contemporary musicals that we get nowadays. Like, like in the Heights, it's just too much editing, too much cutting away. It's just like just hold on the dance, use a camera to capture the dance. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that guy's uh, going to be doing did. Wicked, so hopefully he doesn't do that to Wicked. Oh, is he? That's a, okay. That kind of changes my expectations now for Wicked mm. uh, a little bit. It's still going to be two films, though. That's the only thing I'm bummed out about. <clears throat> I know. It's so stupid. And I think you said on the podcast, right? You think it should have been a, an animation? Yeah, somebody made that pitch a long time ago on YouTube, and you can still find it. I think it would have been a perfect animated film. I think it would. Yeah, if Disney had the rights for it, it would have been. Forget it. That would have been great. And there's a ton of songs that you could lose. <laughs> like, I don't know why they're splitting into two movies if they're going to keep every single song because it doesn't, don't need all those songs. It's not what that song, good. What song would you lose? Popular? No, popular would stay. I would lose, like, something <laughs> bad. I would lose What Is This Feeling? I would lose the romantic song in the second half, As Long As You're Mine. I would lose Thank Goodness. Mm-hmm. You can just make that into talking dialogue if you have to lose a song. So okay, wow. Hearing Nicole say, "I want to lose songs." Wicked's great, but it's not a <laughs> perfect musical. Or I, I shouldn't say perfect. It's a flawed musical, but I love it. Okay. Well, are anyway. we covering it on the podcast? I think we might as well. Fuck it. I mean, yeah. It's, let's yeah. 
Let's just do you've it. You've seen because you've seen the musical. I've seen the musical. Eddie has seen the musical twice. Yeah, we've twice. all seen twice. the Wizard of Oz. So have we? Have you not seen the Wizard of Oz, of sir? Course. No, of course I've seen. It. I've seen the Wizard <laughs> of Oz, and I've also seen like the in college we all got high and saw the Wizard of Oz to Pink me, Floyd. To Pink Floyd, yeah. everyone thought it was so amazing, and I was the only one who was so not impressed. You had to kid yourself into thinking it was cool when you were younger because it wasn't that cool. No, it's not. And it's I was not. not. I didn't fall for it when I was young, and I won't fall for it now. It's probably cool in the 70s when they made that discovery, but it has not aged well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. Well, final thoughts for 2023. Yeah, I thought we did a worst of, worst film. We can if you want to. I want worst period. How about just that? Just worst. Well, I, I kind of already said mine, which is I'll say it again: History of the World Part Two. I do think that was the worst and most painful thing I sat through this year. Okay, that's fair. What about you? I think for me, the worst thing I sat through was yeah, History of the World Part Two was pretty bad. No, Willow. Really Willow was so awful to sit through. Yeah, Willow and wasn't good. It was I. I, Disney's getting sued by one of the actors because they removed it from this from the streaming service. Uh, really, I haven't looked into the details, so I can't tell you what they are. But yeah, Disney got sued, and I don't know. I'm on Disney's side on this one because like that fucking abortion deserves to not be on any airwaves. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> Damn, calling it an abortion. I know. Cool. Is, your final and, and take this- for 2023. <laughs> Eddie, Jesus. what are you? What was your worst of twenty twenty three? It would have to be Willow too. Yeah, Willow was. Yeah, we did not. It like was Willow. that good. No. Not. Yeah, I also didn't. I, but I hated it. And I didn't like the original film, mind you. I mean, and I wanted to love it so much. Yeah, it was just was not bad. good. It was phoned in. It was just I don't understand bad. Why? It was. Yeah, like I understand but where. Ah, I, oh, I mean, some of the like. The, the royal siblings were just like, oh, someone just, oh, yeah, I'm already, yeah, the, yeah. History of the World Part Two tried to do sketches and stuff. I thought some of them were funny, to be honest. Like, that's why it's nowhere near the worst. Like, I did chuckle at times, but mm. Willow was just an absolute travesty. Like, it is, like, no, I feel like a judge is gonna hear this case and be like, oh no, we saw this, sir. Like, <laughs> Dizzy made the right call here. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, it is that serious that at some point somebody's gonna kind of make a final <laughs> ruling on it. I mean, I guess the other one would be Exorcist Believer. That's a good point. That was also pretty. That was pretty bad. Yeah, horrendous to watch and sit through. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I look forward to what twenty twenty four has to offer. We won't be covering as much since we'll be bi weekly, and also mm-hmm. the strike. I'm sure has affected the release schedule for next year. So I'm really excited to see what it brings. Hmm. Yeah, me too. I think it's uh, going to be interesting. Do you know anything that's coming up that, like... Oh, we know January releases, right? But, like, do you know anything else that's, like, on the horizon for 2024? Not off the top of my head, actually. I don't think I can say in terms of, like, the big ones. Mm, for at least this show. For we'll be getting X-Men 1989, oh, which geez. is a revival of the X-Men animated series. Have you ever seen the animated series? Uh, very little, but I didn't grow up watching that like I did Batman animated series. All right, so that is a show that actually has, like, it's a deep show for, like, a kid's show. So you might, when you go back and, like, watch a couple, you might find yourself, like, saying, huh. Because, like, I think X-Men, especially us as queer people, the 
similarities of our stories are so intertwined that like mm. it's easy for us to like see more of ourselves in this story than like Batman per se, right? So I'm curious to see how the revival of this animated TV show is going to hold up. Uh, and I think that does come out this year. That's the only thing that I know of. We just talked about Wicked. I think Wicked, the first one, comes out this. Yeah, it comes out next year. We have Gladiator. <gasps> Shut up! Is Gladiator coming out already? The Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes comes out. Um, That's a have... continuation of that trilogy, which we haven't talked about yet. We have mm-hmm. Twister. No way! They're doing a new Twister. Is and it a what? remake? They're doing a Red Sonja too. Did you? But that that exists. Now, are these things that have been announced, or like they actually have release dates? They just say 2024. Yeah. Oh, that just reminded me. There was something else that shit it slipped my mind i just saw a list of this things it'll come to us well it doesn't matter we have a 2024 we know we're still making episodes yeah so uh Uh, the omen that's so stupid it's called the first omen uh okay whatever prequel i love it beetlejuice oh yeah the new one the tim burton one yeah that's a big one is it a musical? No, it's not a musical. That I don't know. I don't think are so. Are we doing, are we doing that... Mean Girls? Yeah, we're doing Mean Girls yeah, in January. We're mean Girls. Yeah. We're definitely doing Mean Girls. Yeah. Out of your mind. I hope this is... Is, is this for real? What? <laughs> Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys Yes, for that life? is real. Yes, that is real, and I'm looking forward to it. Sure. Okay. That's crazy. All right, so we got a few things. We got a few things in the pipeline. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, well, be sure, guys, to tune in in the next two weeks. Again, we are going to go bi-weekly. And, of course, if you have any thoughts or opinions, you should reach out to us. Email us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram, at remakesrebootsrevivals. You can hit us up on Twitter, at remakespodcast. Search for us on YouTube or Facebook by typing in remakesrebootsrevivals. And if you enjoy this podcast, please go to your podcasting platform, give us a rating, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We'll read it on the air and totally quote you and thank you publicly. Mm, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That is it. Nicole, anything that you're looking forward to in 2024? Um... I'll, so much. Just so much. Okay. <laughs> I love the I don't even know if I can like answer it. that without us taking up any more time. Do you have right, anything you want to say on the air? Uh, like an announcement? And about that? What are you excited for in 2024? What am I excited for? I'm going to be teaching again next semester, so that's kind of So exciting. am I, I yes. I that is very exciting. Liking teaching. Uh, what a shock. I know. Totally shock. I even have, so I have a framed photo here on my shelf, the students that I taught for my first class. Oh, how cute. I put a note behind it so that way when I'm like a jaded, like 75-year-old and like <laughs> have like a tantrum and like throw it, uh-huh. just, I'll see the note that I left myself. Be like, oh, yeah, it was like worth in a, it. Like in, a, like in a movie. Yes. <laughs> That's adorable. Mr. Harlan Opus here. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's that. All right, guys. Well, until next year, stay stay unoriginal. unoriginal.